1: Looking up your podcast, baby. For Nora Boys in the Building. CFV Nation, you already know, presented by Twisted T. Let's get to it. I bet I look, I watched you take it all day. I tried to be cool. Let's hey man, look, I have no respect. Hey man, what's about <laughs> to happen on Saturday? <laughs> all the respect is gone. If I could go to the 50-yard line with Marcus Freeman after the game to <laughs> tell Ryan Day what I think I'm hey dog how's it feel to be born on third base.
2: That's right. That's just that's the, that's the line. That's what I'm waiting to say. Man. That's what I'm waiting to say
1: to the little uh you remember the dude that kept the fouls for the vampires and for the first blade <laughs> Yeah, that was that Ohio State dude that claimed uh, by the end, by the middle of the third quarter, Notre Dame fans were going to be walking out the state Yeah,
2: he said it's going to be it's going to be seen
1: the level of disrespect from Ohio State fans and that university. Cardell, no, Carnell, no, he's messing with me right now. He knows that's why he
2: hit me. That's, that's exactly. why he hit me. They know because they know just coach Alfred, no, that's what, why you hitting me. I ain't, I ain't think about you. I mean, you my dog. I think about you a lot, but I ain't thinking about you this week. They know, yeah. They know, but you, they know, cause it, cause if it was such a blowout, y'all was gonna do all this crazy stuff. Y'all wouldn't be texting us. Yes, y'all wouldn't be texting us. Y'all would be like, yeah, this is another game.
1: Yes, Frank, you're, you don't, you're darn right, Frank. You're darn right. It's personal. You don't, hey, it's personal. Let's go. That trash quarterback. Y'all bringing it to the bin. Trash. That's what I'm I talking tried to, about. I tried to be nice. See, see wasn't see, I nice? During see. the quarterback competition left, haven't I been nice? Haven't I been nice? I said, you're man, nice look. I
3: nice
1: said, both me. guys, both guys can play, give them a chance. They can improve. I said, CJ Stroud sa- struggled his first game against Minnesota, went home and lost to Oregon his second game. I said, man, both either one of these guys can get better. I tried to be nice. Yeah. That's it, bro. I'm not being nice. No, it, I'm done being nice. Yeah. Y'all walking in here with trash at quarterback. Trash. And if you don't run the ball, it's going to get bad. Order. It's going to get real bad. You see, you think you're going to come in here with the wide receivers and just run ragged.
2: That's just not going to nah,
1: happen. Nah, my not brother. No, I can tell you who's going to run ragged, though. That number seven? He's gonna run ragged. Tell, tell your safeties. Matter of fact, let me text this to Cardinal. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Tell, yeah. tell your tell, boys. So he can tell the team. So he tell, can tell your boys.
1: Tell your boys playing safety to yeah. make business decisions on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, yeah. Say, so don't, don't try to go head up for the for the camera. Protect yourself, because when it's barreling down on you,
1: hey, let me tell you something, boy.
2: That ain't a hit you want to be
1: taking all game you gotta make it to michigan well old boy mellow old boy mellow you still in the chat you know darn well that quarterback is hot garbage.
2: hot garbage you know hot garbage
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
4: This is going to be one of the best weekends of the college football season. Ohio State plays at Notre Dame, Florida State at Clemson, Colorado at Oregon, UCLA at Utah, Ole Miss at Alabama, and Iowa at Penn State are just some of the big-time games this weekend. And if you're still looking for last-minute tickets to any of these huge games, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co.
1: Running back, they got Travion, uh, Mayan Williams, who's always hurt. Then they got the Trannon
2: kid. Um, yeah. A Roster filler, roster filler, roster filler. We, ND, we don't have roster fillers. We got household names. Household names in that backfield. Names that any one of them could go crazy. We just happen to have you go crazy first.
1: Yeah, Alan uh, Prince. I don't see them losing. I see them losing in the Michigan. I I don't trust uh coach Franklin at all. at all. At all. At all. And the game is on the road at the Horseshoe. So
2: even though I like your quarterback more than Kyle McCord. Drew Amodo Amar- nah. is all right. But I don't trust his I don't trust James Franklin's late game coaching decision.
1: Man, they put up 63 points on Western Kentucky, man. I don't want to hear that. I don't want I don't want to hear that.
2: It's Western Kentucky, dude. West Kentucky's good for who they play. Come on, man. I saw them we dudes. Like,
1: three. I saw them dudes get shut down by
2: Indiana. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Indiana, man. And Indiana still ain't won a game yet. I just wonder how y'all got all this faith in Kyle McCord. Because that's where the, mm. that's where it's gotta come from. This man is a four-game starter, and y'all got all the faith. Like He's going to go up against a (laughs) five-year veteran on the other side of the field Mm -hmm. with a wealth of experience that the coaches have, with a wealth of, 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 of talent. This is the best. Let people remind you. This is the best defense, the best team Kyle McCord has ever played football against in his life if he's 20 years old in 20 years of his 20 year old life he has never ever 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 played a team as good that's why it's really good for us and really bad for them he's never experienced a game like this before And y'all think y'all going to put y'all faith in a man who has never experienced this level of competition? He's going to go out there and do what? You got to go out there and score 40 plus to win this game. You got to go out there and score 40 plus points against a team that is the best team you have ever seen in your life on the field. And I
1: think I'm a chill. I'm not. I'm not gonna hit uh, Papa Styles probably until like Thursday. <laughs> you know that's my guy too. That's my guy too.
2: Yeah, look, we. I love our guys, but listen. I'm gonna
1: hit Papa Styles up like, hey, we're supposed man. I'm supposed to be having uh catching up with him at the Jamaican spot downtown, uh, South Bend on Friday. Mm across from uh that that double tree we stayed at
2: oh yes yeah yeah
1: darn cookies boy they so darn good
2: hey every time you can just go because of the cookies
1: Marcus Freeman met with the media today we'll uh deal with what Sam Hartman had to say this is him left tackling has been an issue right coach Freeman talked about those issues
5: on trying on tackling and and there's an element of safety that you, you can't tackle live in 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 practice you you can do drills and we'll do drills you know the reality is we miss I think three tackles on the one drive that they scored a touchdown really for the rest of the game, they did a good job. Um, I think we've had one or two missed tackles after that, but the three missed tackles on the one drive that leads to a touchdown is what you can't have, you know, and they're good too, right? You're gonna miss tackles. It's part of the game of football, but you have to continue to show them how to improve at that and, and really work on it in practice, right? Without going live. And then as far as the penalties, right, again, as I said, after the game, is it a selfish penalty or is it a fundamental penalty, right? And and you know, Riley's penalty can't happen. He's gotta be smart. He is, he knew right after he did it, he was smart now. But, you know, Josh Burnham, he's turning run to the ball. He was like, coach, I was just turning running the ball. And I, I didn't know that was the quarterback. I just hit whoever I saw, you know, when I'm running to the ball. The, the, the holdings on offense have to, those are fundamentals that we gotta keep working. We have bad technique that can lead to a a penalty, you know? And so um, we just have to continue to keep working on the fundamentals and playing with good technique, and, and that should eliminate um, some of those penalties.
2: What do you think, Leff? He's absolutely right. This is a game where we cannot let the refs play a huge factor in us bailing them out because we're doing a little extra after the play or we or we – get beat and start holding or whatever the case. This is a game where it's a lot easier to win when we don't beat ourselves with penalties. Yeah. And we can't allow the huge one or two penalties that are indecisive, let that affect the game in totality. So the refs can't play a factor because the refs will only be bailing them out in a game like this, so if we don't allow the refs to bail them out because that's what it's about, that's the only way it can be, in my opinion, a close game. Is if the refs got on Ohio State jerseys, so let's not let that be a factor by cleaning up, like Marcus Freeman said, the fundamentals and you know the selfish penalties. I think you'll have some, yeah. I just don't want it to be a lot or in crucial moments. So, for instance. There might be a selfish personal foul out there. But I think some of those are more statement than it is, you know, uh, an a internal issue, you know. So I do think we'll get a couple of, of tough calls.
3: Yeah.
2: It'll happen because it happens every time, you know, because it's not going to be an easy game. But if we don't allow them to take us out, like we can't have 10 penalties for 82 yards. We can't do that. No. No. Because that's bailing them out. And that's the mindset we have going to go into this game is we're not going to allow them to get bailed out by the refs because that's the momentum they need in a game like this when they can't score points on their own. They're not a team that's rattling off 40 a game like us. They'll rattle off 60 versus a, 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 a barely D1 team. Even though I like West Kentucky a lot, shout out Austin Reed. I think he's still a good quarterback, but still,
1: now, their defense against a good West Kentucky offense looked good. I will say that.
2: Yeah. West Kentucky but can score points. They do. Yeah, I, yeah, of course. But at the same time, they have a lot of talent, but so do we. And I think oh, yeah. this is where this is the difference, though, is because West Kentucky doesn't have a run game like we have a run game. So a good team playing a team that's one-dimensional – is going to be what it what it looked like. They're heavy on the quarterback play at Western Kentucky. Heavy, heavy, yeah. But you facing a team that's we can be heavy with the quarterback, but shoot, you know what we're doing, yeah. You got to try to stop that first, and then Sam is the extra over the overwhelming piece that y'all can't stop. So that's why I think we're in a really good position this year.
1: So I just – it'll either be – man, it's a big week this week on Lucky Lefty, man. The the text messages we had tonight talking about the game getting hype, former Buckeye linebacker and now Fox Sports and uh, Big Ten Network analyst, Joshua Perry is going to be joining us this week wednesday or thursday he's he's gonna let us know but he said yes we already had Ken gibbs for the north carolina state game
3: he was fantastic
2: man i'm hyped man i'm hyped and we got Cars game day i wonder who will be the guest Ah, uh, who
1: knows? Coach Freeman on the Ohio State offense.
5: Um, I'm sure Coach Day is is extremely involved with their offense. You know, and and um, Hartline's done a great job. And so, uh, it, again, they 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 find ways to be innovative. Right. You can look at as far back as since Ryan Day's been at Ohio State. So now it's a very innovative offense that that will find different ways to get their playmakers the ball. And to me, it's all starts with with the run game. Right. They, they want to run the ball and um, very similar mindset that I have. Right. Is the ability to run the ball will create openings in the pass game. And, and, and that's what I've, I've seen on film.
2: Yeah, they got to be creative because they quarterback getting talented enough like the last one. So they can't just say, all right, drop back and throw it to the dude. They got to find ways to hand it off on reverses, screens, bubbles, nows, uh, you know, uh, reverse plays, fake throws, double throws. They're going to have to do that. Because Kyle McCord not going to roll out there and go 31 for 49 and 500 yards and three touchdowns. He ain't going to do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, they're going to have a lot of trick them and, and dick them and nickel and dime and a bunch of uh, look over here and i we coming over here type plays because their quarterback can't beat us straight up, period. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Freeman is prepared for that because at the end of the day, we can line up and beat them, running our stuff. Ohio State got to come in with a potential fake special teams play, a, a double pass. Yes. They're going to have to do a reverse. They're going to have to try to find all these ways to throw these screens and these nows to Marvin. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's going to be unconventional of Ohio State going into this game because they're going to do stuff you're not going to see them do versus everybody else. Yeah. Because they know what this game means, but also they know they can't beat us straight up. Last year, they could do it. They could rely on CJ to turn on eventually. Because they didn't, they they were pretty straight up last year. Because they knew they had CJ, so it was like, all right, well, you know, we'll see how long this goes, and then CJ will start turning up, getting warm, getting in rhythm, and we can just put it on, put it in his hands. They tried to do it first, Michigan, but what did he say? He got cold. He got he, his fingers got cold or something like that. He said mm-hmm. it wasn't raining or something. But what's the excuse now? And that's the problem. I will say this,
1: and we'll dig deeper into it. Central Michigan was able to scout Notre Dame very well early on. Their trends, what they like to do. Recently, for some reason, um, Al Golden has, has wanted to shade his defensive line away from the strength of the formation and then game into Slam
2: into it with the stunts and all that.
1: And uh, Central Michigan saw that and was able to take advantage of it early. Man, second half, Notre Dame stopped doing all that extra stuff and kind of just you saw what happened, three points. I'm, I'm concerned because going into last year's game, Ryan Day really didn't have anything on Al Golden as a D.C. Right. Now he does.
2: That's right. And, I mean, you know, tape builds over time. But he has to make that adjustment of the talent also developed over time, too. Jaden Mickey's better. Cam Williams not hurt. I mean, sorry, Cam Hart's not hurt. Ben Morris is bona fide now. You're not scouting the same D-line that you had because we got different guys up there now yeah linebackers are improved i mean as we've seen so far you know they're going i think linebackers will know who we got at linebacker this year after this game we'll see if they really improve because you know well, see, this really- is
1: this is tom belork we'll take your comment and the, the concern is in the trenches both sides i disagree to an extent yes the trenches are always important but this notre dame offensive line at this point, is better than the Notre Dame offensive line was last year at this point.
2: Yes. Joe Alt told her. People, like, people older. forget, through, through the
1: fourth game last year, the offensive line was suspect.
2: Suspect. I mean, you're not rattling off 47 a game on average.
1: The, the defensive line, in my opinion, held up quite nicely against Ohio State last year. They
2: scored until, 21 points.
1: Until they got tired in the fourth quarter.
2: And that's because they had an offense.
1: Yes. Getting Ru- Gabriel Rubio back, adding Jason Onye to the rotation. Notre Dame's defensive line is much deeper, and I don't think they're going to be as exhausted late third, fourth quarter. So I agree with what you're saying, but the trenches are not a concern to me. They're not a
3: concern
2: to me. Trenches aren't a concern, but I do think the game is won in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Because if we can win in the trenches, I think it's going to allow us to really finally not play or look like we're playing conservative. That's always my problem with Notre Dame teams and big games. We get this weird conservative try to play keep away from the other offense. There's no excuse for that now because we have the better team offensive so i want to see the notre dame team that's aggressive in a big game when's the last time we've done that i think this is fostered situation for us to be the aggressor and not the conservative one this year which i think is going to pose a, a huge challenge for ohio state because every game they play except michigan is they're the aggressor so i know they're going to find ways to try to attack us but then that's if they're the aggressor and we're the aggressor, it's going to come down to a shootout, which I think will win. Because then you got to say, okay, Ohio State, can you score 40-plus? And I don't think so against a defense that's not Western Kentucky. Like, let's be honest. Uh,
1: Chris P. Bacon says CMU shouldn't be pushing us around. Hartman and estimate were the difference. CMU didn't push Notre Dame around. That was our point. We said it on our post-game show. They didn't, Notre Dame did way too much games and stunning early in the game. They were scouted. And Central Michigan ran to the holes and played action and threw into the middle of the field that was wide open because they knew when the blitzes were coming. They scouted Notre Dame. Once that ended, and the second half, Notre Dame just came out and base and just said, "We're gonna kick your butt." That's what they were able to do. So it, it had nothing to do. you didn't push Notre Dame around, but they did a great job, which Malik said they would. They did a fantastic <laughs> they're job
2: scouting because they have good coaches.
1: They did a fantastic have job. Good
2: coaches, they going scouting, and they took advantage of. Job. Job. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, with those coaches with a better team, uh, you know, it might be a little different. But that's the whole thing. If Al Golden keeps
1: doing that stuff, they are facing a better team this week. Like, yeah. Let's relax on all the exotic stuff. You know, he brought <laughs> Drake Bowen into the game and just had Drake Bowen like just blitz into the guard in the center.
3: And I'm like, what are we what are you doing? Like that's and, not even his game. Like, oh my,
1: dude. Like, if you bring him but, into the game, at least know, let him, let him twist and with with the outside rush and come around the outside with the outside blitz, something. But Don't you jump.
2: know this is the this is going back to the negative about Al Golden. He's not a recruiter. So I don't believe he fully understands the players he's always getting in the defensive room, mm. because he's not a great recruiter. If he knew and recruited Drake May, how Marcus Freeman recruited Drake May, he wouldn't have Drake May doing that because he'd be like, all right, watch the tape, talk to you, I know how you're thinking, you know what's good for you, bad for you, because I've recruited you." When he just shows up in the linebacker room, I'm going like, "You look huge. Mm-hmm. I know you probably a problem just being physical, just running straight through and." Because that's fitting his system. It's not fitting Drake uh, Drake Bowen necessarily. Or it's not fitting Drake. But it fits without Golden sees Drake has because he didn't recruit him. It's that NFL thing. Like That's why there's always a disconnect sometimes between front offices and the team and the coaching staff Because the front office is just throwing the the coaching staff players and saying, make it work, a.k.a. the Bears. (laughs) When the Bears administration threw Mitch Trubisky on Matt Nagy, you think Matt Nagy was happy about that? You think Matt Nagy was like, oh, thank you for throwing? No, it was a disconnect. And what happened? Matt Nagy had no idea what to do with the boy, And they stink. But when you're in sync, like a Jared Parker is, yeah, he knows when to play a Salerno. He knows how to get Tobias to football. He knows what Sam Hartman can do with his offensive line. He knows Auger's strengths and everything else. Yeah, because he knows those players. He's yeah. been in that 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 room for years. Yeah, watching, learning. And it was almost better that he wasn't the one running it because he was able to take notes on how he can improve what he witnessed. Yep. That's how you get 47 points. you in tune with your players, and that matches yeah. the scheme. Yeah. Al yeah. Golden is a little – it will always be a slight disconnect because he's not a great recruiter. Yeah. This ain't the league. The league is different because everybody is doing it. College yeah. football is different because you got to be a recruiter first.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
2: So, yeah, the defense is going to have its his struggles, but that's because the DC is not a great recruiter.
1: Yeah. Lucky Lefty podcast. I saw somebody in the chat before we get to this last piece of video that I know Left might disagree with. But, um, uh, Look, we told you before, Blake Fisher, man, is the best right tackle Notre Dame has. Facts. You know, uh, you say Blake Fisher grades out as a good pass protector and a great run blocker.
2: He reminds me of, what's his name? Uh, Aaron Banks.
1: it's It's his second year.
2: He reminds me of Aaron Banks.
1: It's his second year really playing and he'll get better. You know, like I told you, this all people overstate on this offensive line. Like, he consistently gets beat. He doesn't consistently get beat. He has up and down. One week he's better. The next week he's not as good. So he's not Joe Alt. If he didn't have Joe Alt on his team, people would love Blake Fisher. They were absolutely loving. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than look around college football and watch other right tackles play and tell me, other than maybe the Penn State right tackle and a couple of others, who's better at the position. As NFL evaluators they seem to
2: like him. because they know
3: you know so
1: that's my you know I mean I hope I would hope he comes back next year I do that's my personal opinion
2: Listen, he got, I know he got a little NIL deal, NIL deal that's probably keeping him around in consideration for it. I think if he was being honest with himself, he would try to take advantage of, of missing so much time from that first year and, and, and evaluate himself as why he should come back. Because you want to be able to stack years together, right? Mm-hmm. And Joe Rudolph and what he's been able to help. Blake improve on is the run game. So I do think it would be a benefit for him to come back, but that's obviously me being slightly selfish, you know. He'd be great on that O-line. But to be able to even have the chance of going somewhere else, right, just show I mean, going to the league just shows that he's still a talented dude. We picking, you know, nitpicking at this point. Cause we're talking about a guy that's high draft We ain't talking about no Kane Madden. We talking about, we're talking a
1: about wait, wait. We're talking about a guy that beat Joe Alt out for the left tackle position as a true freshman. People forget that he got hurt, and Joe Alt ended up at left Amen. tackle. Yeah, but he beat Joe Alt out at left tackle. So. You know, you see two or three plays in a game where somebody makes a move inside and gets inside them It's like, oh, my God, he consistently gets beat inside. What about the other 70 plays? What about the other dropbacks where he's literally manhandling dudes? They don't want to show the right love, man. You
2: know?
1: Keep it twisted. It is what it is. Like I watched that that Tennessee Florida game, and I'm like, both of these offensive lines are horrible, dude. The the Alabama offensive line, trash. And trash. they big too. And
2: You're
1: they big. big. And trash.
2: They big. And Once trash. again,
1: <laughs> they, dude. This is when we tell Notre Dame fans: look around college football. So. You think the Ohio State offensive line, they lost both of their tackles. They're mid. You'll see it Saturday night. They're mid. They're mid. So nitpicking Blake Fisher is
3: like Blake Fisher could go to probably any other program and start at tackle. And literally, yeah, because
2: he's a, yes, because he's a top draftable player, duh, duh. So yes, Blake Fisher would start on ninety-eight percent of most college football hey, teams. You know who
1: else? You know who else was inconsistent? And we're gonna be honest. You know who was inconsistent? That's had like that got drafted in the second round and that's had like a ten-year career. Mike McGlinchey.
2: Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchy. They, they call Mike McGlinchy Mike McFlinchy because he has so many false starts. hmm Mike McGlinchy, y'all didn't see the video of Sheldon tossing him across the field with one arm. That's I mean, hey, but look at Mike McGlinchy now, captain for the Broncos, going on X amount of years, he's gonna play for a long time. But he was always a draftable guy when they was calling him McFlinchey and, and all this other stuff. So it's no. like, man, like what we, he's a staple tackle in the league right now, like a staple. Like Ronnie's a staple. Zach Martin's a staple. Mike mm-hmm. McGlinchey's a staple, like a staple. Like you can't yeah. talk about offensive line without talking about at least mentioning Mike McGlinchey right now.
1: And that's what I mean, man. You know, you nitpick somebody on offensive line and you take a step back and you watch the full tape. And you get to realize, like, you're talking about five to 6% of snaps or five to 6% of dropbacks. And it's like, what are we really talking about? Like, maybe it feels like he's consistently getting beat. But he's not. Okay. Thanks for the correction. Even with subpar play at, at left tackle, getting beat penalties. And it, it it was magnified even more because he played next to Q, which is not his fault. It's almost like the mistakes by Blake Fisher get magnified even more because Joe Alt is on the other side, right? So Joe Alt is perfect, and because he's perfect, and then Blake Fisher makes one or two mistakes every week, it gets magnified, and then it's like, oh, he consistently gets beat. Nah.
3: No, that's
1: that's not it at all. He he might that's not like be as saying, perfect. he might not be as perfect as Joe all. But he's a darn good tackle.
2: And that's the thing, because we have a good offensive line throughout, if Blake Fisher was on Louisville, they would call him the greatest thing since sliced bread. If Blake Fisher played for Northwestern's offensive line, they would be calling him the first round pick, next level play. Man, Blake Lord, Lord,
1: Lord knows they made Peter Skaranski. They they made him look like with his short arms. Like, "Oh my god, he's a top 5 pick." Like, all right. If
2: Blake played for uh for Pitt or Boston College or any of these offensive line, Tulane don't matter. He mm-hmm. would be considered one of the better players in the country. Y'all wouldn't be nitpicking with you because of everybody else's offensive line is way worse. Mhm. He just happens to be on the offensive line where you can even you can nitpick like that because you got a first round tackle on the other side. You got a draftable center and draftable guard on next to him. So you're looking at greatness all around the offensive line and you're like, oh, there's a chink in his armor because he ain't as great as Joe Alt, who's the first tackle in the draft this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. OK, he's
3: probably
2: going right. to end up the
1: second. Yeah, yeah, that's. That left tackle from uh from Penn State is
2: oh no, he's nice. He's like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. But yeah. but come on, he's we're we're doing all this nitpicking because we can, because of the fact that Joe Alt's on the team. The, see, the that, center goes, we
1: have- that goes back to the original question. Like the trenches, you have to win. Notre Dame is com- is facing Ohio State with a better offensive line than they had going into the Ohio State game last year. Right. They just are. And that's what that's with the concerns. Dude, you know what my pregame speech to Pat Coogan and, uh, and uh, Rocco Spindler is? You don't have to be perfect, just fight. Yeah. That's, all I, that's all, all I need you to do tonight is compete. Just compete. This game is about
2: fighting. Yeah, it ain't yeah. about just doing fight. nothing special. Just fight. You don't have to be perfect. Just your technique if we and fight, fight. All 11 guys fighting, is gonna be a problem yes. for them. It's gonna be yes. a problem.
1: Yeah. We ain't That's saying it. you gotta.
2: We don't, we're not saying you have to be perfect because this is not a game about being perfect. No. This game is maybe USC is about being perfect because you know some different factors. This is a game about I need to just physically beat the dude across from me as much as possible. As much as possible. Because of the fact that this other team is very talented, but we don't believe, and I don't believe, they're as skilled as us. So if we do what we're supposed to do anyway, the physicality is going to be the difference. And that's what we need to win at first.
1: Hey, man. Lucky Lefty podcast, bro. Let's get this W. And then... Head up for prime time up in uh in Durham and spank them like this.
2: Yeah, we spanking them
1: like dude, we ain't Clemson.
2: We are not. That's Cle- yes, I mean, come on. Like, listen, this Duke game is gonna look so insignificant after we finish with Ohio State. They another they another team on the on the chopping block after we get done with Ohio State because then you'll realize that we are not the teams that are playing against the teams that are supposedly making it close. Clemson mm-hmm. is not us. Mm-hmm. And Duke luckily got away. So if, if mm-hmm. Duke going to give us 400 yards, it's going to be a totally different game. Mm-hmm. They gave Clemson 400 yards and got out by the hair. They skinny, skin skinny, skinny. skinny. And, and a lot of that is because they had anomalies on turnovers. It took all those anomalies on turnovers. It took them to, to get a couple plays at the end. That's made the difference. For us, you're going to have to beat us the whole four quarters. And that's something that Duke don't have enough depth for, and they don't got enough talent to do. So we're not worried about that. Now, yeah, Ohio State, they got a lot of talent. But they're in spots, we need to be winning on these one-on-ones. Yeah. And and that's going to have to be through physicality. I mean, I I can't really think of too many... From a from a technical football side, I mean, you know, the coach is going to coach. You know, what's there is going to be there, and what's not is not going to be there. You know, but the the difference of the game is if we're seeing Joe Ward and Blake Fisher pancaking dudes, right? That's going to make the difference. Yeah, yeah, you may have a you going because you're going to have more stalemates than not. There's going to be a lot of tough tough downs, tough yardage where we may only get three yards a pop because it's a with respect to them being. Not bad. They're a pretty good team. But what's going to make the difference is, is if we're blocking dudes downfield, pancaking guys, tackling dudes after yards after catch. We got letting dudes get run after contact, right? Yeah. That's the difference in the game. Special teams, we bringing them down. First guy, we ain't letting them squeeze out 15 or 20 out of a punt return or a kick return putting the quarterback on the ground, not letting him shake out of tackles.
3: Yeah.
2: That's where the game is going to be won. Not necessarily – we're going to have explosive plays on both sides. Well, I don't know how many your house they got in the tank because they ain't, they ain't got enough, you know, from the QB position. But explosive play is not going to decide in the game. It's the physicality and making the, the, the tackles and the blocks, specifically not allowing the hitting yardage to take over the game where Marvin Harrison's catching screens and going 25 yards. Because they're going to throw screens, but they need to be for five, three, no game. We put Ohio State where they got to com- convert 10, 10 play drive touchdowns, 12 play drive touchdowns. Ohio State's not coming out a victory.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: If Ohio State can't hit you with the three-play touchdown, one-play shot touchdown after a turnover or something like that, and they have to play offense all game, we got them in the bag. They haven't been able to show to put on a display of having consistent eight, ten-yard-plus drives to win anything. They'll get a turnover, they get a punt return or something, and they throw a bomb or something, or they throw a screen and the dude breaks six tackles for a touchdown, like stuff that's game-breaker stuff. But yeah. Ohio State just going down and starting on the twenty or twenty-five and going eight yards for seventy-five. I mean, eight plays for seventy-five yards and touchdown, or twelve plays and sixty. You know, they ain't done none of that. We've done that. We've proven to do that this season. They haven't. Yeah. And that's the game they're gonna have to be facing. We're good and comfortable being score within two minutes under fifty-four seconds. Before going in the half, we've done that. Have a 10-play drive, touchdown drive, we've had that. Have it been backed up and ran an 80-yard touchdown, we've done that. We're more prepared on offense situationally than Ohio State. Yeah. Now, we haven't played in tight games yet, but we played in tight halves, tight quarters, yeah. where we've responded to teams that score. We score right back.
1: Yeah. We've responded to it. They talk about our secondary. That secondary has yet to be challenged,
2: Challenge or or had anybody that was threatening. Now Malachi yeah. Corley from West Kentucky, I'm a big fan. I think he had a, a good day against Ohio State. You know they didn't win, but that's one guy. You got a whole roster of receivers that can do something out there, which is different. So I'm just excited, man. Look, we're gonna be we're gonna be sitting right next to each other the whole time, man. We might even so, do a game watch. We're yeah, we have.
1: We have fam's, fam, fam in the chat. We will not be on campus Saturday. Uh, Malik will be in DeKalb Saturday afternoon calling North, Northern Illinois and Tulsa. I will be in South Bend on Friday for a hot second uh, for dinner, but I'll be driving back and then uh, we'll We'll be at a location here in the Chicagoland area watching the game. Matter of fact, I might even tell uh, our bro Howard Griffith to join us.
2: Yeah, it's going to be us three, three amigos taking on all Ohio State fans. They lucky that if we blow them out, we should just drive down there and jump on the field because I know we're going to rush the field.
1: Is Wait a minute. Is this, is this game worthy of rushing the field?
2: I would say yes only because we're we're rushing the field because we changed the narrative, not because of Ohio State. We're rushing the field to show college football, yes, when it comes to a big game or how, I mean, Notre Dame is likely to win, not likely to lose, not looking to wet the bed. We're rushing the field to say, finally we have broken that, that terrible streak of not performing well in big games. That's why we're rushing the field. We say, it's like we let the floodgates open, finally. The, the the weight is off our shoulders. We're the team we finally said we are. Paul Feinbaum can kiss our butt now. He got to put some respect on our name now.
1: Paul Feinbaum is having a rough week with Alabama and Tennessee being trash. <laughs> He's having a rough week. He needs to keep his mouth closed.
2: So that's why we rush rushing the field. We rush the field for Clemson because – The way they
1: did it, bro. I am a very much, you know how I feel. I still feel Notre Dame is one of the top brands, top five, all wins, all time wins, one of the biggest brands, one of the most uh, story, I was about to say franchises, programs, up there in national championships, Heisman Award winners. Like, dude, it is what it is. For me, it's like, ho ho hum. I want to get to that point. Was like, all right, yeah, this is what we do. We beat good teams,
2: and that's what this game will signify, in my opinion. Because by the time we get to USC, that's how we need to be feeling. Oh, we we straight, we good. This is why. That's why we got to get out the way early. So we rush the field early. twice this year. No, I'm saying we get it out the way early oh. by rushing the field because we've lifted the bar of the haterism, the haterade that has been showered upon us for 10-plus years under that negative stereotype. See, I, I, see it. I see it different. But once we do that, we got it out of our system. When we beat SC, it's okay. We just beat a good team with a Heisman guy. We put another star in would. I would much
1: rather rush the field for USC. Really? Dude, Cal McCord? Now I'm not. Notre Dame should feel like. They they they're going to beat Ohio State.
2: Yes, 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 yes. I agree.
1: Even I don't know. I'm still this whole oh, this USC game.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I can't. I'm not going to bet on it. But
1: if they beat USC, I'm like, okay, rush the field.
2: Rush. But we'll be ranked higher than USC after we win this game. No, we win this game. Are you,
3: no, Are you
2: answer, no, I will not. not
1: be ranked higher than USC. Are you kidding Why me? Not? Why not? No, they won't
2: because we're not losing until we get to USC oh, at that point. Ohio State is like number six, right? We beat Ohio State, right? I don't
1: see us, they're not going to be right, they're not about to be ranked in front of USC.
2: USC got other things to worry about, like Colorado, Oregon, Utah, Oregon State.
1: Okay, but if you're saying that USC is undefeated, when we face them, USC will more than likely be the higher-ranked team.
2: Listen, SC has to worry about way more games than us because their defense will never be as good as they try to make it seem. Never. So, in my opinion, oh, Washington, too. Washington, too.
1: The hypothetical, USC. the hypothetical was USC being undefeated when they play Notre Dame. If they're undefeated, they will be ranked higher than Notre Dame. Yeah, Colorado if they, if they, is not. If they, first of all, stop. Trav is out for three weeks. Colorado is not being beaten USC without Trav. We can stop that. We can stop that. We might as well preface everybody that's going to be jumping up and down when Oregon Oregon and USC beat Colorado. Their best player is out, offensively and defensively.
3: They're not beating Oregon or USC without him. They're not. They're not. So I think definitely Colorado is
1: not beating Oregon without Travis. people don't understand how important Travis Hunt is, dude. Y'all bugging. If if you if you don't it this is funny to me, especially the way this fan base anointed JD Tay and try to talk about how massive of a loss he was. For one game, and
3: this cat Travis is out for four weeks. The latest update. Come on, man. Mommy,
2: I'm telling you. Look, I'm if SC, say. if SC is undefeated by the time they get to us, I will be worried because they don't they don't played enough teams that are very formidable. That that I don't think will play. I don't think we have enough games. I mean, who knows, you know.
1: All I'm saying is dude, people trying to act like Colorado is is just like, "Oh, Colorado will be fine
3: without Travis Hunter." Okay, dude. Hey. Okay. <laughs> All right. You say so. It's fun cuz this this fan base
1: made it seem like missing JD was like, "Oh
3: my god." That's a massive loss, my brother. That's a massive loss. So last but not least, before we get out of here, we got two minutes left in the show. This is Marcus Freeman talking about the lack of sacks left.
5: Ask me about it, Blake sacks, everybody keeps talking about sacks, 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 I told Coach Golden, man, we're number one in the country in pass efficiency defense. And so that's the stat I'm worried about. I'm not worried about sacks. The pressure that we're getting is great. Like sacks will come and I don't want our players overly concerned about sacks because that that's an individual, truly individual stat that really doesn't matter. Like, I want to be number one in pass efficiency defense. I don't know who's number one in sacks, but I want to be number one in pass efficiency defense. That's a great stat. And so they've been working and doing really well. And, you know, sacks are, are a result of a lot of different things, you know, but um, I, I was really happy with with the way our defense performed in the pass game, um, you know, to, to limit that, that offense to what we did. It was really, really good, pleasing to see.
2: If you care about one number and not the other, I don't understand the difference. Like, passive efficiency efficiency speaks more to me on the secondary, but from a sack standpoint, sacks are very important. And we talked about it going into this year. We know we don't have a guy that's individually a sack monster. We knew that. I said as a a collective beeline, we need to be getting more sacks because Mm -hmm. collectively, we should be overall better than most teams throughout the entire, you know, O-line, D-line perspective. Like, we should have enough guys that can win their one-on-ones occasionally enough to build enough sacks. We may not have a Chase Young or Isaiah Foskey that's getting 25 sacks in two years or whatever the crazy number was. But for him not to think it's important, I think it's a little concerning because what team ever – won a championship without having a good amount of sacks you watch Alabama and, or you watch Georgia they were sacking people left and, right. <laughs> and, and that's why they were so good they were sacking everybody so I do think that's a, maybe a little bit of uh he's trying to throw us off the, the trail of asking about sacks because I think they need to keep asking about sacks if it's not happening for sure If you want to pressure Cal McCord
1: and get him rattled, I'm cool with that. You have to sack Caleb Williams,
2: dude.
1: 100%. That whole stacks will come. No, you need to get Caleb Williams on the ground. A lot. Because press, pressuring him, he's not getting rattled. You pressure him, that's a touchdown 50 yards down the field.
2: And him running around and all that and then sliding and putting the crown on his head. So, that's why we have to mix the whole it's not important thing. Pass efficiency is important. Pass efficiency will be important this week because we don't – Kyle McCord hasn't seen anything like this before. Facts. So, yeah, we're going to rattle him because of the looks, because of the hurries, because of the knockdowns. We might even pull a couple sacks because he's holding the ball too long. But USC weekend, it's about getting him on the ground, period. The emphasis of the week against USC is sacks. That's the emphasis. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, you can scheme up a bunch of stuff, but the fact that he buys so much time is why it's it doesn't matter and is why sacks are the most important. Because he can buy time to get – and they got a good enough receiver core they will get through any of them coverages and any of them blitz. They, that's easy. That's why they're good now. The whole goal about USC, we get sacking the quarterback. That's it. Hitting him, sacking him. That's what Utah did. Utah said, look, we're going to play basic stuff behind us, but we're going to come get you. And we're going to hit you and lay on you and all that.
3: Dave, I just saw Nick Chubb dislocated his knee. Hey. Or Injuries are the worst, bro.
1: Injuries are the worst. Absolute worst. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. Fabulous show. Chat was lit as always, man. We appreciate your thoughts, your questions, your opinions. Man, you make the show what it is, LL Nation. And we
3: appreciate you. We definitely appreciate you. Um,
1: Tomorrow, I believe, same time. No, tomorrow night, I believe. No, tomorrow, I believe, is at 11 o'clock. But we'll post it on social media page. You know what time it is. Petty.
0: Petticoat.
1: Petty Junction Petty Story of the Day brought to you by Nora Whiskey at That premium American Whiskey at NoraWiskey.com. Uh, NFL ref that told Gino he was talking to America. <laughs> it's actually hilarious, but it was super petty. I loved every minute of it too. He looked my man Gino Smith in the face like, with, and it was a petty penalty on that play because Gino wanted Lockett to run the fade, and he broke the uh, the pattern off, and they called intentional grounding. So that was definitely petty, the penalty. And then it was petty for him to tell Gino he was talking to America when he was trying to give the penalty out. Josh Heupel, I don't know if you guys saw this on Saturday night. Josh Heupel, um Florida got the ball back with just over a minute left. Josh Hypo had one timeout left. He allowed Florida to take a nil down
3: twice and then called a timeout after the second nil down. It was very confusing,
1: very petty, no reason for it. And then a fight broke out, and now I believe six Tennessee and Florida players have been suspended by the SEC for next week's games, all because he took a stupid penalty. And then after that next play, a Tennessee player uh, really hit uh, Graham Mertz hard after he got up from uh, kneeling down. It's one of the goofiest things I've seen. Yeah, I saw that Jay Carr again, you know, a Tennessee player and a Florida player just straight squared up. Like they were on like the corner of Michigan and 115th in Chicago. They just squared up. I'm like, idiots,
3: you both have helmets on. What are you about to hit? Hey.
1: Honestly, Chris Bacon, um, and this is why I don't sweat recruiting rankings. If you watch the the film, the junior film and the uh, senior film of the 24 and 25 guys, Notre Dame is adding athletic talent and adding talent to the roster. That's all that matters. The roster is getting better. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Who cares about the rankings? Yes, Deuce Knight is huge. Um, Beasley, if you can... Slip him from Tennessee, that would be huge. Of course, you need impact guys like that. But ultimately, you just want to improve the roster. And Notre Dame has done that. You know. Heck, they did that with, you know, unheralded guys like Benjamin Morrison and Jadarian Price. So it is what it is, man. I have not heard anything about bees coming this weekend. No confirmation quite yet. All right guys, have a great evening man. We enjoyed jumping on with you. Just make sure that you spin it different always, all right?